Welcome to the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Hani Rambod. I'm here with my co-host, Austin, and we are here in Dallas. For another Q&A. In Dallas. Back at, every time. <laughs> just throw that out there for every single time. Yep. I know. Yeah, I just need to get it. Another, sense. doesn't make sense. We yeah. need a, another co-host. Dallas, that's from Austin. <laughs> Dallas from Austin. That's right. We got back with a Q&A. Yes. It's Q&A time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. right now, there's been a lot of people that are hitting me up on social media, especially IG, asking me to do Q&As, and I've been taking those Q&As. And we are diverting them over here so we can be able to create a little bit more of an organized effect. So for those of you that are listening on the download, whether you use Spotify, whether you use Amazon, whether you use uh, Apple, you can go ahead and also check it out on YouTube. So always remember, please, you guys share, subscribe, like. It really helps the algorithm. It brings it up. It tells us you want to see us do this. And again, I'm super, super busy, especially this time. We're just under 16 weeks out from the Olympia competition. So I will continue to do these if I see that you guys are making an effort to tell us what you want to see and that you're giving us feedback. So in the comments below, let me know other questions that you would like answered in future Q&A. Now, let's get this going. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all showed up this week. We got a lot to go over. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think some people asked this question because they saw what you were having for uh, for dinner. Was it last night? We had some sushi last night. Yeah. Last night. So it was Sunday sushi. Yeah. Did, did a workout. We went to Absolute nice. and trained. It was myself, Farinaz, and Cam. And now is Cam's favorite exercise is deads. Really? Yes. Yes. Wow. Nine years old. Starting young. Doing deads. Yeah. I think because since he's learned how to do them. A lot of people are very impressed the fact that there's a nine-year-old doing some deads. Mm-hmm. Again, he's not going heavy or anything like that. He's just, he's going really uh, 315. No, yeah, no, correct. no, no. He's just got like little, <laughs> little plates on each side. And, but, but his form is really good. And what is really cool is the fact that there's so much camaraderie in that gym mm-hmm. and everybody's so professional that they're like super cheering him on and he's just feels all pumped up. So he's just like, you got to check this out, dad, because everybody's <laughs> clapping because he's doing, you know, a good job and he's working on his form. Yeah. Yeah. So some, some pre sushi deadlifts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was, then it was the wife you wanted cheat meal. Mm-hmm. We we got to get Farinas on here. So if you guys want to see. Yeah, that'd be great. Farinas yeah. on here. Let me know. Yeah. Go on the comments below. I think we'd get let a lot know. of interesting insight. Yeah. On <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to deal with Andy Rambod. How is it? After many years. So after many they're, years. they're asking what your favorite sushi roll is. Yes. Because they saw the pictures. Mm-hmm. We went last night. What I like is I love a rainbow roll. Mm-hmm. because it's got the different kind of fish in there. But what I normally do is I usually get them to put real crab because they'll use the Ooh. imitation crab meat. Yeah. And that's my favorite role. That's like my go-to role. Obviously, most of you who've been following me know that I've been gluten-free for over a dozen years now. And so the gluten-free soy sauce is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And then also making sure that I don't have anything else that can really tear up my stomach. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where if you go with a rainbow roll, no sauces added. Obviously, sometimes they'll put eel sauce. They'll put on different things. And that's just for my stomach. Mm, okay. And for my athletes, I do like sushi as a cheat meal. So it's one of those things where if you need some extra sodium, it can really help you fill out, bring up your weight, kind of help with the pumps, help with your mind-muscle connection when you end up getting a little bit flat during that prep. And between that, sometimes we'll throw in the burger Again, functional with when it comes to has to be a little bit of taste involved so that you yeah. break up the monotony yeah. of the diet. Give your mind a break too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because if I said, hey, this is a great meal and it's go out and have some horse meat and eat that with a little bit of camel 
meat <laughs> and then with some kangaroo meat with eight ounces of uh, Mexican yam that's been picked from the from 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 the highest uh, mountains of Mexico. <laughs> this is going to get clipped right now. Bahani yeah. assigns kangaroo meat to all of his athletes. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Kangaroo meat. Actually, kangaroo meat's a thing. It's good. I've had it. Yeah, kangaroo yeah. meat's a thing. It's yeah. got a lot of iron in it. Mm-hmm. So if you do eat it often, you, you could have some really you know really high iron levels to the mm. point where it could be toxic. Yeah. So you got to be careful. But it's very inexpensive, especially compared to a lot of different meats that are out there in Australia. So I have had clients while back where they were eating a lot of kangaroo meat and their iron levels were like off the charts. So you have to really be careful with that. Well, we were, we were, we were talking at some point, we made a quick jump to kangaroo meat. <laughs> I love that. How we well, got there. again, going back to functional, yeah, exactly. right? Functional. So the question was, yeah. what's my favorite cheat meal yeah. or what's my favorite sushi, sushi roll? roll? I like a rainbow roll, but using crab, it's my go-to, mm-hmm. but anything with salmon also in it. I'm a big salmon lover. Now that actually kind of segues us into what you almost mentioned it right there is just is sushi your go-to cheat meal or do you have another cheat meal that's like your favorite? And I'm not saying for athletes, for you specifically. For me specifically, yeah, athletes. dude, I'm Persian food all the way. Ah, I'm Persian okay. food all the way. I okay. love my kebabs. In uh, the Dallas area, there's not as many Persian restaurants as there was in the Bay Area. So it's especially not next door to my wife's store like there was in Campbell <laughs> where we'd go all the time. I mean, Hadi practically prepped over there when he was eating chicken, but they made him clean food. But even when you're eating off kind of off diet, Mm -hmm. cheap, uh, cheap meal. uh, One of the questions I've got last night also on my phone direct on my IG was bag or kubita. So either bag is a, um, is a kebab that's filet mignon. Okay. And it's just like a kind of, I don't want to say minced. It's just, it's just been flattened Mm -hmm. and then it's been on a, put on a a kebab skewer. Mm -hmm. And then the kubita is kind of like the go-to, the the burger of Persian food. But it's, it. some people go out like Persian meatloaf. There's no breadcrumbs in it, but it's onion. It's got seasoning, ground beef. Sometimes they'll mix lamb in there with it. And I personally like that because mm-hmm. I like lamb, but I like it mixed. That is my favorite kebab, kubita. But you do get the kubita burps. If anybody has ever had Persian food, <laughs> because of the onion in there and then the seasoning, you do taste it I've for heard a while that. after. Yeah. 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 We've told stories upon stories with Jay and Phil and just everybody. Uh, I think it took Vernon Davis to, to the restaurant and he liked it so much. He went by himself the next day. Wow. Yeah. He liked it so much. He's like, I had to go there. And then he's like, texting me and he said, Hey, I'm going to that Persian restaurant. Tell me what to order. <laughs> Just text it to <laughs> so him. that's the go-to to the, cheat meal. That's my go-to cheat really? meal. I love it. I love it. But here in Dallas, it's been barbecue because yeah. the barbecue is so good. And yeah. I've always been a barbecue fan. In Cali, there's not really good barbecue. There's kind of okay barbecue, but obviously Dallas is Dallas barbecue. It's like going to Persian food and you go to Persia, right? Mm-hmm. You go to Iran. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where I usually give athletes a burger Mm -hmm. or it would be sushi, something to give them a mental break that they like. The things that we've talked about in the past where I don't like is pizza, pizza Pizza because the carbs and fat, and then it just destroys your stomach and then you can't eat forever. So I have given it in the past. So I'm not going to say I never speak in absolutes, but that was something where if somebody was super flat and I felt like they needed it and I would go light on the cheese and they're just super, super depleted. Yeah. But, for the most part, because of the cheese, it becomes so hard to break down and you become almost lactose intolerant because you haven't had it for a while mm-hmm. that when you reintroduce it, you end up three, four or five, six, seven hours where you can't eat. Yeah. 
And so that, and then sometimes even to the next day where you're on the pot and your stomach is so tore up. So it's almost like a night of drinking. Yeah. It's not just the drinking that screws you up. It's the next day. The food hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm going to bookend it because you said Persian food with one quick little bullet point in one. Then what's your junk food? Like what's your fast food? I might already know it. It might be in and out, but oh, I don't like in and out. Really? <gasps> oh, okay. no, no. I used to, I used to be okay, able to eat Cause I've it. just seen it in videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what would you so, say is a quick fast food? Tw- like I said, 12 years ago yeah. when I was eating bread, yeah. uh, now it's all gluten-free bread. It was okay. And then for a while I was doing the protein style, yeah. but it's been probably two or three years wow. since I've had in and out burger, even protein style. Wow. So I'd rather go to, I'm more of a five guys. Yeah. So if I'm going to go to a, one of those type of burger joints, I'll do that. Or I'll find somewhere that has a gluten-free bun and then that's the way to go. So if any of you out there that are gluten-free, you understand what I'm talking about. (laughs) You'd rather have a gluten-free bun than having to eat a lettuce wrap. But at the end, you know, you want to be able to make sure that you're hitting that um, satisfied button because the worst thing you can do is go somewhere and feel like I really wanted something, but you had to settle and then you didn't. And then you're just so disappointed. A lettuce wrap is not a burger. No, it's not. It's no. And you want, when you're doing a cheat meal, yeah. do a cheat meal. Yeah. Don't try to do a half cheat meal. Yeah. Sid Gillian was great at that. Oh one. we were in gosh. <laughs> She's like, we're at dinner. We're doing Jeez. an Evagen dinner. I'm going to quick, quick little story. We were at the Houston show. It was actually a Houston expo. It was about a month ago. Yes. It was about a month ago. Yes. And she was supposed to have a cheat meal on Saturday night. She came, had dinner with us, which basically meant just coming in. I don't even know if she even had an appetizer or not, but then she got an Uber and she had to go get her cheat meal and she drove across town, got her cheat meal and her cheat meals consists of like two or three burgers, fries, drinks, like, I mean, I'm saying drinks, like meaning like whatever drink she wants with it. And I don't know if it was a dessert or not, but it's substantial. Like what an open guy would eat. This little woman was able to just, she just just destroys it. We got some big eaters on our team. I know Derek's that way too. Derek can be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Derek, Derek is a person who's like a bulldog who just can eat and eat. <laughs> if you guys have ever seen a Frenchie or an English bulldog and they just can just eat, he's definitely that uh, way. Hottie, on the other hand, is not. He's not, really? he's not an eater. No. No. You have to just like, you got to eat. He's just like, oh. He's got like force feed. Almost. Yeah. I think he's just, just not as big of an eater. Jay wasn't either. Jay hated to eat. You Jake. could see it, all those videos of him just like sitting oh, there, just yeah. It would take him forever to eat, down. and he was just like, yeah. So <laughs> there might have been a time where he liked it way back when, mm-hmm. but in recent history, I can't remember any time where he liked to eat. He's just like, it's a chore. It's like this sucks. Yeah, you know. Well, all right. Staying on the topic of food, um, this is actually is a very hot button topic right now because of all these different protein recipes and everything floating around out there. Do you think a great bodybuilder can diet on protein pancake protein pancakes over chicken and rice? No, yeah. no, no. I think it's if you're getting ready for a show, whole food is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Not to say you can't slip something in, but top guys are not going to be able to do that type of thing getting ready for the show. Now, off season, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it sounds to me like he's saying like just doing protein pancakes, right? Yeah, 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 I think so. I think it's probably already all, like alluding to the fact that a lot of people are finding these crazy ways of using a lot of low calorie sure. sweeteners and different things like that. Those to are make fine. These Off season's fine. Yeah. Off season's fine. And throwing those in from time to time, especially early on in the prep, mm-hmm. not a problem. But when you start to really get down to clo- getting closer to a show, yeah. doing all of these sugar free sweeteners uh, that are syrups and this and that, I mean, a ton of sugar, alcohol, and all of these other things, yeah. you're going to end up having issues. 
and you're not going to look the way you're going to want to look because mm-hmm. you're going to have digestive digestion issues when you're putting in all those sugar alcohols, especially mm-hmm. all throughout the day. Cause some of these people get really extreme with these things. They think that they're going to drink shakes all day long. Yeah. I looked my worst when I was competing, when I had three or four shakes a day, mm. I looked my best when I did one, maybe two during my prep, but I've tried to do preps with three or four shakes and you just, your body doesn't look the same. It needs real food. Yeah, there's a weird focus right now on just only macronutrients and not the fact that there are other things involved that, you know, people just hitting their macros, but with weird items and they're not like if thinking it fits about your macro, yeah, macros type. Yeah. But not sure. thinking about the micronutrients. So there's different foods. Whoever's listening to this, you're going to listen to this with two point of view. One is a trainer slash athlete. Mm-hmm. And then another person who might be listening to this is just somebody who is a recreational bodybuilder. These are different strokes for different folks. If you are a competitive athlete, you're going to want to cross your T's and dot your I's. You're not going to be able to do those if you're fit your macros and get into a high level show and look your best. You're just not, especially if you are trying to get your pro card, win the Olympia, all of those things. Those are all different types of athletes that are going to have their elite athletes. All of those things count. Now, if you're just trying to get better, there's some different things and you know, I'll call those bodybuilding hacks mm-hmm. that you can use. And just to be able to kind of break up the monotony and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. So if you want to break that up, like what you're saying, it's totally fine. You can go on TikTok, you can go (laughs) get a bunch of recipes. I've seen so many things pop up on my feed. Yeah. Right. So if you're not following me on TikTok, we've been doing a lot of content on TikTok Mm -hmm. and it's been really nice because we had some really good growth on there. Thanks to you. You've been helping a lot on that. So thank you. And I feel that it's one of those items where you see a lot of these people using these different hacks and they're saying, hey, I'm taking chicken. I'm going to make bread. Out of <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen that too. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And they're making bread out of chicken. So now that we're talking a little bit about food on this you know, Q&A, yeah. it's really important that you put yourself into that category of, hey, I'm what's good for me? I might be getting ready for a show yeah. or I'm a contest prep coach and I'm listening to this podcast and I want to be able to take takeaways. What might be good for the goose may not good for the gander or mm-hmm. vice versa. So what that means is that what you might be able to take away from this is some of these diet tricks and hacks are going to be really good for your clients that aren't getting ready for shows, but they're, you might be able to use them for off season or if they're just lifestyle clients, it's great. But if you want to use them to try to get somebody dialed in at the highest level, I don't feel like it's, those are good go-tos. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. And actually this leads us into an interesting, because we've covered food, we've covered digestion and a few things briefly in there, but somebody's asking what's the best supplement to use for going to the bathroom. For going to the bathroom. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of magnesium based products that help with that. Um, I make a product called light and tight. So you can try whatever you want. There's, there's colon cleanse. There's, there's different fiber mm-hmm. products. I feel like fiber is a great tool. Some different kinds of soluble, insoluble fiber combinations that are out there. Try those. But also if you need something just to help with just a little bit of that extra bowel movement because you're on low carbs, that's why I created light and tight because that's what I've used. But that doesn't mean that just increasing your fiber won't work, but you have to do it in stages. One thing you don't want to do is you don't want to just hammer it with three or four different things. Always try to, when you're creating a solution to a problem that you have, whether it's going to the bathroom or whether it's increasing the pump or whether it's fat loss, you, what you want to do is you want to start off with one or two variables that you want to change. If you go into it and you say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do dieter's tea, fiber, mm-hmm. and something that's going to help with these other bowel movements, some pill-based product, 
what you're going to end up doing is you're just going to shit yourself. <laughs> it's plain and simple. <laughs> And it's going to be really, really bad. And it's going to be really at the most inopportune time. Okay. You're going to be doing cardio outside oh, in the middle of a field. And you're going to start looking around and be like, can I, can I, I feel like a field might be one of the can better I options. Shit? Well, you know, yeah. it could be anywhere. Yeah. It could be anywhere. You could be in the middle of a squat session, right? Like oh. a heavy leg day. And it could be really bad for you. So again, before you embarrass yourself, add in with one product at a time. Cautionary tale. Because it's all of those things can be a one plus one equals five, you know, or a number three. You yeah. never know. Yeah. Number three is number two <laughs> on steroids. So, so just really dial it in Yeah, because I've seen, especially the women, they have a lot of problems with, I've seen in the past where they'll have, where they won't go to the bathroom for mm -hmm. days on end. Mm -hmm. Guys don't usually have that problem as much. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking again in generalities, yeah. but. In the past, when I worked with a lot more women, I would see that sometimes it would be two, three, four days without a bowel movement. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Where guys would be like, I poop after every meal. <laughs> right? Six times a day. Yeah. You know? And so what's happening is that it's hormonal sometimes. Mm -hmm. Also, it's hydration, making sure your hydration levels are on point. So for you to properly poop, there's lots of different scenarios that you have to think about and what might be deficient. Hydration is one of them, fiber is another, and making sure that you're just getting the right foods and your body's ability to digest at a high level is there. So if you've been on antibiotics and you haven't taken a probiotic to, to be able to do that, you could go one way or the other. You could either really get the shits because your stomach's in, in, in an imbalance, or you can turn around and be constipated because it's just, again, imbalanced. So there's a lot of different things that you can do, but my suggestion is to start one at a time mm -hmm. and work your way up. Awesome. All right. Sticking on the supplementation kind of track here, we have questions about two products leading into a show. Mm -hmm. um, if you could cover a bit about how to use super dry leading into a show and also how to use Evo log heading into a show. Okay. Yeah. I saw those questions yeah. and they were both on IG that I forwarded to you. Mm -hmm. So Evo log is not meant to you be used during the I guess, what, what do you call the beginning stages? Depletion, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. I don't even call it that, but because I don't like to deplete my athletes. You're talking peak week? Yeah, peak yeah. week depletion. Yeah. Because when you're low carb, when you're low carb, it's not intended for low carb use. It's moderate to high. So usually 150, 200 or more is when I start to add in Evo Log. Mm -hmm. One capsule at 100, two at maybe two, 150, 200, and then anything more than that, we go three, sometimes up to four a day. And when you were going all the way through the carb up cycle, because Evo log is a glucose disposal agent, but it also has some enzyme in it. Mm -hmm. What I like to do is increase that as the week progresses and the carbs go up. So again, at least three, four, maybe five, depending on the height and weight of the athlete a day for Evo log. What a lot of people don't understand is that you don't really want to create a scenario where you're not taking anything during low carb. Mm -hmm. So I add in the enzymes by themselves, digestive enzymes by themselves during the low carb phases because you don't need a GDA. Now, going to the answer to the second part of that question, which is super dry, mm -hmm. super dry, I like to start, I used to start at five days out. Now, what I've been doing is I've been starting at about two weeks out and start taking it almost kind of an adjunct to the fat burner just to help with a little bit of that water loss, especially if someone's holding a little bit of water and I want to just see what peel back a layer or two. 
I might start them out there between 10 to 14 days out. But again, it really depends on how much water they're holding. If they're mm-hmm. super dry themselves already, yeah. <laughs> pardon the pun, <laughs> is that then I will wait to use it a little bit later. Okay. Now, some people will still add in other types of diuretics as you get closer. This is not meant to say this is the cure-all. If your body needs it and you have, you're working with a coach and they're saying, hey, we have to use something stronger, that's going to be up to you. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that's how I use it. Awesome. Sweet. And this actually blends into kind of one more question talking about post-show is how you can take post-show to help with a rebound afterwards. To, sorry, to take Evolog to help with the post-show rebound. Evolog? Yes. Okay. So Evolog post-show, I would definitely do it because you're going to be needing something for digestion and mm-hmm. you're going to need something for GDA. So you can go ahead and use that. And again, you don't have to use my product, guys. I'm just using this because these are questions off of my IG. If you have other favorites that you want to use, by all means, use what you want. My thing is that my program was designed to be used so that these are solutions that I needed and these are the products I designed for my solutions. You want to, you've been using something that you like, go ahead and use it. But when I'm using these products, I don't just stop them. I tend to continue to get my athletes to use them because as the calorie surplus happens and you're ending up using more foods and you're eating a little more freely after the, mm-hmm. work, after the competition, that's when you really need extra help. Because you want to be able to try to minimize any of the bloat. So we continue that on for at least another week. And then if we need a taper, we can. But a lot of people like to use Evil Log continuously. Yeah. And it works really well. Awesome. All right. We kind of got some variety now going into these next ones. When is the FST7 app coming to Android? Oh, we're working on that. Yeah. Yes. I have to follow up with the developers. I know a lot of people have been asking me that. And I think that another question that we had was, are we going to have one that's going to be farsi friendly yes and right now it's not in the works because right now the primary focus is trying to get the android launched so we're getting a lot more people if you are interested in using the app or you're wanting to try the the free uh, trial period you can use the truth is going to be the code that's the one that i hinted to the one prior Mm -hmm. podcast so just type in the truth and it'll get you the ability to use it and try it for free awesome sweet all right. Uh, this one is, it's very interesting. I think a lot of people have this question. Can you live a luxurious lifestyle as a bodybuilder? A luxurious lifestyle. There are the top athletes. Yes. Mm. But how you do that can be several different ways. Now, yeah, you win the Mr. Olympia, you win $400,000. Now it costs money. It takes food. It takes supplements. It takes, you know, all of those other things you have to take in consideration because it's not just whatever you make that you from, from the show that mm-hmm. you net, there's a lot of expenses that are involved, but there's people that are making a lot of money that don't even step on stage. Influencers, modern day influencers make a ton of money without even having to sta- uh, get on stage. Now in bodybuilding, I think one of the key problems we're seeing is that some people also think that just because they do well in bodybuilding, that that makes them really good at influencing. Yeah. So if you want to make you know, high-end money and live a luxurious lifestyle. That's what they asked? Luxurious? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to live a luxurious lifestyle, you got to be not only good at being, uh, doing well, again, doing well, but you have to influence. You have to be able to say, how do I influence people? Whether it's a clothing company that wants to sign you, whether it's a food company that wants to sign you, whether it's a supplement company that wants to sign you, whether it's an accessory company that wants to sign you, any of those things. And some of the top influencers have multiple clothing lines that they rep. Some of them have their own clothing lines. So I think that what you need is you need diversity within your branding portfolio. Mm -hmm. 
and you to, for you to be able to live that luxurious lifestyle like if you want to be able to go out there and get a hundred thousand plus dollar car and you want to be able to you know have a really nice home and be able to live that lifestyle you've got to be a good influencer first you can't just be a good athlete anymore you have to be a good influencer and then the great athlete to boot really helps because then that gives you content to be able to use to be Some able to credibility get credibility yeah. absolutely yeah. and then it also it gives you content to be able to give to your audience because they want to be a part of your journey. So in the competitive landscape, it's not just about, Hey, I want to go there and win a show. You can go out there and win a show. Let's say you go win the Arnold classic. And if you don't do any content, yeah, you won 200 grand, but you, all the ancillary dollars that you could have made from being able to get people to be a part of that journey is, is left on the table. Yeah. That's and not really where the real money is. That's not, no, no, no. No. So that's why I'm saying there's so many influencers out there that make a really good living. They live a luxurious life. And I'm talking about the people that are fronting a side because there's a lot of those. Yeah. So there's renting know, so, the cars, and right? Rent, renting yeah. the cars, doing short term leases. And yeah. I'm not talking about a three year lease, a two year lease. Yeah. We're talking about three to six month lease, yeah. one month lease, one Airbnb, day, one, for, Airbnb for a day. <laughs> Airbnb for a weekend and then pretending like it's your house. A lot of that goes on in the influencing world. But if you want to live a really good luxurious lifestyle, you have to have diversity within your branding portfolio, but you also have to make sure that if you want to compete, that you're competing and you're giving that audience a really great, genuine look into your journey. Mm -hmm. So, and I feel that the people that have been able to do that, whether it's an athlete or an influencer has are the most successful that are out there. Ed, actually this next question kind of blends perfectly into that, but it's more directed at you is what mm-hmm. what's your dream car dream car. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, that's see, this is from yesterday because yeah. I posted a picture of the E30 M3. Mm-hmm. Um, so that believe it or not was my dream car was really? my BMW M3. The you still first have one. the same one, right? Same exact, exact car. It's the exact car. Wow. It's the exact car. It's just got a lot more miles on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot more miles on it. But uh, I was the second owner of that car. I bought it from an attorney that was leaving to go to Hong Kong because he was leaving his residency. And he ha- he was in a really tight time pinch. And this is back in 1993. Yeah, 1993. And I had gotten a really good bonus check for being the number one trainer at 24-Hour Fitness right out of high school and uh i had seen that car in a showroom in san francisco and they had one parked in the showroom and then they took one and they put it on display mm. uh you know those circular car show like out racks? front yes yeah and it, but it's spun yep, yep so that was it and it was up in mill valley which was like an hour and 20 minutes north of los gatos uh san jose area where where i grew up and so i drove by I looked at it and I was like, I'm going to get that car. I'm going to get that car. <laughs> yeah. And this goes into a little bit of that vision board that I always have talked about yep. in the past, or if you've listened to me speak at some of the events that I've done in Dubai and some of the other places where you really, I feel every person who's listening to this podcast or watching this on YouTube, you should have these different goals in mind, whether it's a vacation, whether it's a home, whether it's a car, and you should have smaller little rewards mm-hmm. that you give yourself and then some larger ones. So anytime one of my athletes would win the Olympia, it was a watch or it was something. Mm -hmm. It was something that I would reward myself with because it also helped me remember 
all the trials and tribulations I had to go through for that particular prep. So from year to year, I can remember what watch, what this, what, you know, so oh, that's you, cool. it, it was yeah. something that I did or a trip, something that I would help reward myself because I would sacrifice so much. So much of my personal life was given to that. So when I was looking at these cars and I was always into cars growing up, I was surrounded by a lot of gearheads, especially at that time. I think now cars aren't really as big of a cool thing mm -hmm. as they were when I was growing up, but it was one of the things that I really wanted to be able to say, I wanted to go to the track because I had some friends that used to track even in high school because their dads tracked. And so when I did that and I followed it, I said, I want something where I can drive around town that's going to be quick and I can go through the mountains of Northern California and rip through the canyons, or I can take it to Laguna Seca, or I can take it to Sonoma, I can take it to Thunder Hill and have some fun. And what I wanted was something that I can be able to, when I get it from a long day of training a lot of people, I can get in there and say, this is worth it. So I ended up saying I wanted an E30 BMW M3. And at the time, those cars were not as highly sought after as they are now mm -hmm. because now they become unicorns. Oh yeah, big time. But they were having problems selling them at the time because there were such a limited kind of scope for people mm -hmm. where it was like a, that body kit came stock and not a lot of people were into that boy racer kind of car. So, but again, I found an opportunity where somebody was selling one used only a couple years old. The guy had to leave and I ended up giving an offer and he's like, oh, I don't know if I can take that. And then a couple of days later, you called me and said, you got that money? <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's like, meet me at the bank. <laughs> and then, so I went down there and, and uh, we did the deal and I still have the car. Um, you know, obviously there's been some mods been done mm -hmm. to it, uh, but it's, I still have it. And, um, and so, we yeah, don't, we don't need to disclose it, but I know you've mentioned some top speeds you've hit in that thing. And uh, it was pretty quick. In Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> in Mexico. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. In Mexico. Yeah. yeah. For that little four cylinder, it rips. Yeah. It rips. And, you know, it, it really was a fun car. We took it everywhere. I've driven up and down California, Vegas. I've taken it everywhere, uh, at least at most of the West Coast. But again, California is a very big state. But I used to drive it all the time from the San Francisco Bay Area to Santa Barbara where I went to college and then all the way down to San Diego. And just it's got a ton of freeway miles on it. And I think it's less than a thousand miles on the rebuilt motor. Whoa. But for all you gearheads, let me know if you guys want to talk, you know, want more videos on car stuff because I'll definitely we throw some one. Yeah, we'll do a yeah. car episode. And yeah. the car culture here in Dallas is pretty big. It is. You know, big I know Kuklo is very big into cars. Yep. I know he's got a ZR1. Yep. And there's a lot of other people. Cobra. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so, again, it's, it's a very big car culture. But yeah, mm -hmm. going back to it, that was something that. I learned to do is put things on a vision board yes. and that's what it is. So it might be different. Every person's vision board is different, but make sure you have one because I really feel that it creates that connection where it makes you more likely to want to aspire to actually yeah. acquire and attain those different items. And you get little rewards to motivate you to keep going. So I think a lot of people just push that off, push that off, push that. And then they never get that little spike of, oh, I actually get something out of all the hard work I did. It's just, they just kind of push it off all down the line. So I think, yeah, it's it's cool to have those little milestones where you actually gain a reward and then are motivated for the next milestone. Um, all right. This is actually a very, very interesting one. Uh, would you want your son to get into bodybuilding? Would I want my son to get into bodybuilding? I would want my son to get into anything that he wants to get into. Mm. I'm hesitant on, he mentioned football, mm -hmm. right? He wants to play football and he's nine. And obviously he, I'm not the tallest guy, neither is his mom. And so 
he's definitely on the shorter side. Now, size-wise, he's on the 75th, 80th percentile for weight, but on height, he's a bit on the shorter side. So that's one thing that I would say you got to be careful, even though I was also, and that's what got me into bodybuilding was to train. I would like for him to do whatever he'd like. He's doing Taekwondo right now. He's doing some, some weightlifting with mom comes in with me a little bit and does some weightlifting. You'll see him, you know, in my videos with Mm -hmm. absolute recomp. And if he wants to go down the road, a hundred percent, I will support him. The things that I'm always wary of is making sure that we educate, just like I try to educate all of the young members of our audience, that when you have the ability to now all of a sudden start looking at things like perform PEDs, mm-hmm. all those things, to really max out your genetics before you go there. So those are the things that always come to mind as a parent. And I, even as a coach, I, I'm like a parent in some ways to a lot of my athletes. Yeah, yeah. And especially now that I've gotten older, right? So- it's one of those things that I really want to be able to make sure that I segment the information and make sure that they can properly go down that road. So would I want them to be a natural bodybuilder? Yes, especially in the very beginning. And then if they feel that they genetically want to make that decision and in their early to mid twenties, then that's something that they could do. But going back to the football thing, he was asking me the other day, he wanted to play football and he's like, what do you think? And I said, well, I hurt my neck, you know, I've hurt, you know, gotten hit where I'm like, wow, I got stingers and, you know, all Mm -hmm. kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. where I'm just like, wow, you know, like you feel, you get your melon shaked when you're playing. And I played both sides. I played offense, defense. I played special teams. I was going in there and you just, bam. And you're just like the next day, you're just like sore as hell. Like you feel like you got in there, you know, just a a, a pretty good bender bender. Yeah. And so when you play football, it's, it's a whole different world. And now He's asking about that more than bodybuilding, but it, it changes all the time. Before that was WWE. <laughs> he, was playing, you know, he was playing whatever game and now he, you know, it's Madden. Yeah. So it's before that he was some WWE game, but he's nine. Yeah. So, so whatever route he kind of wants to go. Absolutely. Down. But yeah. if you have kids that are involved, yeah. get him to understand, like he knows so much about macros. He knows so much about food because yeah. his mom explains everything to him. She's very educated. And that's applicable to everything. Absolutely. And it gives you those tools Mm -hmm. to understand things. So we're trying to just make sure that he understands what the things are because he sees what we do. He sees what his mom does on Mm -hmm. a daily basis. He sees what daddy does with a lot of his clients and most of the time with for himself. (laughs) (laughs) My my problem is I just don't eat. And then when I do, I'll have big meals late at night because then I finally, when everybody's asleep and I'm trying to get caught up and I'm working on Middle East hours with our, our, um, athletes in the Middle East or with our distributors in Dubai, my hours are all screwed up. Yeah. My problem is to sleep. But I think ultimately if you have kids, you've got to try to get them into that fitness, understanding fitness and food at a very young age. Cause I think this, this, the younger you do that, the more that they'll be able to understand it and cope with it later. Yeah. Awesome. And you actually kind of mentioned this on the last one. The question is any tips for height growth? Dude, you're I'm like a wrong guy to ask. This is kind of like someone, someone's, someone's trying to be funny. What are you talking uh, about? You're six, four, right? yeah, six, four. <laughs> closer to four, six. Um, but yeah, the, I think it's, uh, someone going in there asking that question is almost like asking somebody that's got like not, no calves, how they grew their calves and they got a little bit better versus somebody who's got genetically really good calves. You don't want to ask the guy that's got genetically really good calves, yeah. how they train their calves because the chances are they don't. But if you go in there and you say, Hey, you used to have shitty calves and now your calves are way better. 
what did you do? That's the person you want to ask. I don't think they could even give tips. Are there tips? There's surgeries, I guess you could do. No, for calves? No, sir, for height growth. Oh, for height growth? What the question? No, there isn't. No. I think, like I said, I think that they're just, yeah, they're goading (laughs) a little bit. I think that just make sure you have, if you're growing up, just like my son, right? He doesn't have the tallest parents. I just mentioned that just a few seconds ago. If you make sure that they're getting plenty of really good, clean food, make sure they're getting a lot of sleep, make sure they're getting plenty of exercise, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Playing basketball, the old Persian thing used to be if you play basketball, you get taller. Really? Yeah. Science. No. The science is a lot of science. There's a lot of bro science. science. Yeah. And you're like, Mom, (laughs) where did you hear that again? Like, you know, like, oh, grandma or somebody said it, right? It's not that tall people play basketball. Right. It's short people play basketball. But if you play basketball, yes. Yes. It's an old wives' tale. Doing it all wrong. Something like that. So that's it. It's like, no, they're tall, so they play basketball. I have a very, very serious. Don't ride a horse. Otherwise you'll look like a horse jockey and be like four eleven. Yeah. This is just shrinking down. (laughs) Very serious question here. You ready? Why do I feel like my left hand is weak in comparison to my right hand? Dude, where are you getting (laughs) shit up? These are our questions. These came through the Q and a repeat that. Why do I feel like my left hand is weak in comparison to my right hand? I think well, this could go many ways. Yes. Obviously, you're doing something with the other hand. It's <laughs> overtraining. <laughs> Something's going on. Yeah. It's, it's we'll just we'll just leave that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, let's just try to make it serious. If the person's serious, there could yes. be an injury. There could be some different things going on. But uh, I don't think they're being serious. So let's go on to the next question. All right. So we got some uh some training questions moving okay. into some of that. Um why don't you I've I've noticed this myself too, but why don't you have any of your athletes flat bench? good question um i discussed it off and on for the last 20 years anytime i've seen an injury to someone's pec it's mm-hmm. always had to be around a flat barbell press i feel like bodybuilders are more likely to tear their pec on that over any other exercise i have seen it on an incline too but not as much but i keep my athletes away from barbell flat branch because of that i've had athletes tear their pack even when i told them not to don't do flat bench and they still did and especially at 400 pounds 500 pounds and then lo and behold torn pack it's so just a specific moment like motion and angle of where it's it's just flat barbell press yeah is more likely to tear your pack over any other exercise and it's period. so interesting because that's like a staple right off the bat that everybody yeah. says. so what do i do instead yeah. i use dumbbells for my athletes i'll use machines mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen but when you go, especially when you start going heavy, over 350, 400 pounds, they just, there's some tightness in there that, mm-hmm. and it's just an anatomically awkward position mm-hmm. and boom, torn pec. So kind of moving into the next one, do you like barbells for any other, ex- like any exercises? Or? Absolutely. Okay. I like it for bent over rows, overhand, underhand, barbell rows. Um, I like to use it for, if we're incorporating deads, whether it's off the ground or partials, mm-hmm. okay. I like that. I feel that they're, Definitely barbell squats, all of those things. But if you really want to minimize the likelihood of getting a pec injury, stay away from flat barbell press. If you want to do some kind of flat, use a machine or use dumbbells. That's my recommendation. I like dumbbells also because, and I think there was a question regarding dumbbells, right? Yes. Yes. What was the question? The question about dumbbells, let me pull that up really quick, is more or less that one was just about dumbbells versus barbells, which is kind of what we're talking about right Right. here. Okay, so 
the reason why I'm a huge fan of dumbbells mm-hmm. is because it really allows the ancillary body parts to kick in. Mm-hmm. So, for example, dumbbell shoulder press. Why do I like that better than barbell shoulder press? Same thing. I don't think you're going to end up hurting your shoulder per se as much, but it's really just your arms, your forearms, your triceps, all of the different areas around just outside of just your basic deltoid is also going to work. Just getting the weight up, doing all of those ancillary items. Your body really tends to grow from using those dumbbells. And I feel that dumbbell inclined presses, dumbbell shoulder presses, dumbbell flies, all of those things really kick in a lot of those ancillary movements, especially when you really try to uh, go heavier. Mm. And again, use proper form, Mm -hmm. but you're going to allow your body to grow in a lot of different regions, not just the area that you're trying to concentrate on for that particular workout. Do you think you also, it's just being able to adjust your angles a tiny bit more and not to be locked into one specific linear you know, grip. Do you think that does that assist in it as well, or does that not make too much of a difference? It does because you can start using different um, angles mm. on the same set. So, for example, I'm a big power neutral grip yep. press see on that. incline. Yep. You see me do that with a ton of athletes because yep. I really like to hit that upper chest. So we can go from a basic palms forward all the way to a power slash neutral grip, which is palms facing, and do a press whether it's flat or incline from one exercise right to the other. And you can ver- get more variation out of it using dumbbells than you can with a barbell. Got it. Awesome. Um, kind of an interesting question here about age in terms of putting on mass. Uh, just It was a question asking about why it's difficult to put mass on my legs once I've exceeded 40 and also other body parts. Why it's more difficult once you get to that point. It's difficult to get out of bed when you're up. <laughs> you know, I'm not even kidding. Let me, uh, let, me, let me, let me, let me, there's a little bit of seriousness to this. When you get older, the same reason it's hard to get out of bed. Yeah. And what, I'm not kidding. What happens is you lose flexibility. And as you lose flexibility, you tend to not want to do exercises like squat. Mm-hmm. And I know guys who have a problem squatting in their late twenties in their mid twenties in their early thirties. So when you're over 40, you're definitely much lower on the totem pole of your flexibility. (laughs) Like being able to be, when you see little kids and they can grab their ankle and move their hand, you know, go touch their head. They can just sit to the ground. They can just do whatever they want because of just the flexibility. And then as they get older, they lose flexibility. And when you start to bodybuild, if you don't really work on your flexibility, it's going to really lower your, just your, your, the depth of your squat. You're not going to, you're going to be so tight. You can't move your hands back to hold the barbell. All of these things tend to happen if you don't constantly work on that. And so when you're doing that and you're starting to train, so many people start training in their teens, late teens, let's call it, sometimes earlier, but you don't work on that flexibility. By the time you hit 40, you're so tight, you're not going to be able to break parallel in your squat. Mm -hmm. You're putting like 25s underneath your ankles because you can't really get any depth. You're going to end up having not being able to touch the barbell when you're doing barbell squats because you're not going to be able to barbell squat you're going to end up having to use a smith machine or you're going to end up having to use all these other types of equipment to work around it because of just pure flexibility so i think a lot of it has to do with flexibility yeah someone's going to think right off their head oh decline of testosterone or you know recovery or this or that yeah those things as well but the number one issue is flexibility in my opinion okay awesome um I got two more solid ones before we kind of move into a kind of a final question. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to come out to come to check out Fort Worth Barbell? Fort Worth Bob Barbell. I have yeah. not heard of that gym yet, Okay, but I'm totally open to 
try any gyms in the area. Yeah, there's a lot of great, you know, gyms in DFW. Uh, I think it might be coming from the owner there. Um, the other question is, are you going to be attending the Dave Lieberman Natural Ohio show in October? The Dave Lieberman Natural, I really want to try to make it out to that show, but right now it's 50-50. Um, we've talked about sending you if I'm not able yeah. to go yeah. so that you can help with being able to take pictures of David and sending him over to me and kind of act as a chaperone. <laughs> first show, you kind of need some backup <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. So, like so yeah. because of his first show, I'm really trying to get it out, trying to get out there, but I will be announcing that as we get closer. Okay. I think we're five weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. So what we'll do is well, I'll be announcing it if I'm going to be coming out there, okay. but at the very least, I'm going to have you there as a second set of eyes for me, yeah. being able to help dial him in. Okay. But I did see David yesterday, so maybe this will be a good natural segue to an update. Um, he's looking really good. He's still in the 173 to 176 range on his high carb days. He's 176. Again, remember, he's an all natural. David Butler is 510. He's getting ready for his first show. He's an employee at Absolute Recomp. He's an Evigen athlete that we basically started talking the last four or five months yeah. and been helping him with some of the workout things. And then now it's been a couple of months where he's decided to do his first show. We're helping him with that. And it's been cool because being able to reset and do things where I haven't heard, well, how do you do a back lat spread? <laughs> like, you know, I, when was the last time I heard that? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's been a minute. And everybody's loving to watch it. It's just bringing like a lot of attention or, you know, cause people want to see what you'll do with a young natural athlete. Yeah. You know, yeah. here's another segue. If you want to see some specific content, with David Butler, mm -hmm. put that in the comments yeah. because I want to see what you guys like because I'm going to get ready to shoot another episode with him this week to be able to get those people that are either natural starting out or they just like the fact that they're seeing somebody from the beginning of their bodybuilding journey mm -hmm. getting ready for their first show. So any of those things that you want to see specifically, any subject matter that falls around that, I'll go ahead and shoot that content and be able to share it with you yeah. guys. Yeah. So. Actually on the athlete part, we have two more we can toss in there. Uh, what do you think about Mohammed Fuda? Muhammad Fuda. Yeah. So Muhammad is going to be getting ready for his second pro show. He did his first pro show last year, placed top five in the Egypt pro, uh, going up against a bunch of Olympia. It was right after the Olympia. So the people who had just done the Olympia and Muhammad is an open athlete, uh, originally from Egypt, lives in Dubai. He's been really on top of just really working to get better and better and better. And he is doing it. So I've shot some really good content with him. Mm -hmm recently a couple months ago and he's getting ready for his second show so he's going to be doing something in europe we're talking about spain we're talking about a couple of others and he is making some tremendous improvements and so there is i think a new photo that just came out a couple hours ago about his progress so i think most people are going to see very be very impressed with somebody who's 28 years old he's yeah. in his in his 20s he's growing and he doesn't have a big giant frame mm -hmm. he's but he's got a really nice and getting a much more 3d look to him, yeah. which I really like. And I think that it's just really cool to see him progress as well. So again, we have David Butler who's starting out with just his first show. Then you have somebody who just did his first pro show mm -hmm. and now he's going to get ready for a second pro show. And he's really focusing on trying to make these improvements because he wants to try to make a big splash. And in the open division, it takes years and yeah. years and years to kind of go up that, all every rung yeah and that's why the mr olympia is four hundred thousand, yeah. and the other divisions are lower because it takes so long it, you know it, it is so difficult to try to get to that top of that 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 ladder yeah 
and talking about open. The other question about an athlete was why don't you? Wait, let me let me. I'm both? sorry. Let me finish. And so, and I think that he's really filling his yes. potential because a lot of athletes at this level they give up. Mm. They give up physically. They give up emotionally. They give up mentally, and it becomes really difficult because it's such a tough journey. And now, especially with these other classes, they go, okay, I'll go into this class or I'll go into this class or I'll just become an influencer or whatever it is. But with someone like him where he's just really just grinding it out, he's working just as hard on his mental state as it is his physical progress and trying to hit these goals. Because again, there's so many people that just bail. How many times have you seen people that just come and go, come and go? Yeah. You really got to love it to push through that final. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to have a ton. Yeah of just really just mental fortitude yeah yeah so good friends with big rammy so mm-hmm. good friend to have he's an impressive guy in person yeah it's great yeah he's a really nice guy yeah uh why don't you post an uh hottie like you did before i think a lot of people don't understand that previously when hottie's here we just when we do most of our content mm-hmm. and because when he's not here it's really tough for me to share content that i'm not i don't have access to yeah so we go back and forth on text. We'll go uh, voice messages back and forth, but I'm not physically with them. So that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are asking, hey, how come we don't see as much hottie? Because he usually, when he shows up, that's when it's like, it's on. Yeah. But yeah. it's, you know, we have to still wait on that. Yeah. All right. One more good question we had. I find this very, very interesting um, is, do you have a set pump up routine for athletes backstage before going on stage? Does it differ from person to person based on, uh, you know, body parts you need to show off more or, you know, kind of cover up more depending on if they're dominant, but do you have a set routine or is it different from person to person? Yeah, I definitely have suggestions for every athlete. Okay. So if someone's strong points are so strong that you don't really need them pumped up, we want to stay away from that. But if somebody tends to have lagging shoulders or their back needs to be a little bit fuller we i have them focus on that backstage so they could be doing some if they have bands normally they'll have bands bands backstage they'll hook them on something try to pull some do some straight arm pull downs try to get the lats full do the exercises that need to be worked around that you obviously create simplicity we don't have gym equipment <laughs> nobody's going to be doing walking lunges or or doing rear squats uh, for the most part. Now, do some women do that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. People that are need to focus on their glutes, are they going to be able to put some blood in there? They will, but open guys are not worried about that as much. They're usually working, worried about getting their chest full before they get on stage, doing push-ups, doing some different kinds of exercises. Sometimes you'll see them even helping each other out, pump up backstage. They'll do that. And then I try to keep them away from doing anything that they're really strong at. So again, arms, I would never tell Phil Heath to pump up his arms, but <laughs> you know, he's I actually, you know what? And thinking about it, he has done it. I've seen him do it. He does it. He, he you know, would do it. He didn't know like he needed it. Yeah. I didn't need to. No, yeah. no, 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 actually. <laughs> now that I think about it, it, there was a funny time we were at the Ironman and, uh, it was in 2008 when he made a big weight increase. Mm-hmm. It was like seven, eight pounds of stage weight. And I was backstage and he was pumping, you know, pumping up and I was helping him pump up. There's a video somewhere and I got to find it of me helping him pump up. And then he starts flexing. He's like, what do you think? And I think, you know, we were pumping up kind of all his body parts and I just like shook my head and I'm like, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked at me and he's like, F you, man. And he just smiles and laughs. Uh, like, go out there and have fun. Crush it. And he did. And he did. But, uh, but yeah, so, and there's been times where I just like, sneak around the corner take a look yeah. at the arnold and 
again, he doesn't need to pump up his arms, but he would do it to mess with people. <laughs> he would. He would. Phil was like that. He was he was crazy. Like he'd be like looking at the guy with like across the room that would be staring at him when he uh-huh. pumps up. Uh-huh. And he'd be like that and he'd just be doing curls and just be like, Yeah. You wish you had arms like just like, like in their just, heads. Oh man. I mean, I don't even know if he I'm sure he knew he was doing it because yeah. he's just Phil. Yeah. But it was one of those things that he would just <laughs> it was just he was a mind assassin. He would go in there and just That's a try, part of it. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. And like I said, his arms didn't need to be. <laughs> he just went to, he's just doing these little curls, and I'm sure there's some videos floating out there on on YouTube that you know backstage pump up videos, and he's just like putting some buttons. He's like, yeah, you know, looking left and right. What's up? What's up? And he throws headphones on, and he just like, you know, I think one year he was wearing the Terminator shirt. Oh back man. To, yeah, he was wearing a Terminator shirt backstage. And he's just like going there because he has just had that dream killer mentality. Yep. You know, and so and Kobe was the same way. Kobe was the same way. He was going there and do your job and go and just assassinate the common competition mm-hmm. and do try to do what you can. But going back there, yeah, to answer the question, that was a long answer to to, <laughs> to, to, to the to, different from to your person question. To person. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's different from person to person. You really want to focus on making sure that you get your your weak points fuller mm-hmm. so that it helps your physique balance out. So again, if it's your chest, your back, your shoulders. Now, I don't advise you to do a full workout because you're like, I could use everything. Yeah, you yeah. know, because. What you don't want to do is you don't want to start sweating backstage and doing a full workout. I've seen so many people do that and then their tan just gets destroyed. It does. Yeah. And what they start doing is they start to get themselves nervous. They get themselves worked up and then they end up, their heart rate gets really high and they start getting a, a almost like an adrenaline dump. Mm. And so you try to keep away from that. So try to stay calm and fig- focus on what are the things that you need to work on. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. We ran through quite a bit. The yeah. one tiny little segue. I'll oh, and I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to huh. leave this except for the time where we'll go into more detail with this story because we should have done it with when Andre was here because a couple years ago, Hottie was on the same stage as Andre and he was trying to give him tips backstage. Like they're on stage. Hottie was on the same stage as Andre. What, what was this? For? <laughs> this is at the Olympia. Oh, okay. This is at the Olympia. Okay. I think they had the top five, or uh, and it. it was uh, Andre ended up placing fifth, and I can't remember where uh, it was either third or fourth for uh, Hottie that year. And so I think it was 2020, and he turned around and Andre, he was telling Andre how to pose, and Andre can't understand Hottie because, <laughs> but you know, because Hottie speaks yeah. Farsi, yeah. but he's like grabbing him and he's like, "No, put your hand on your hip and stop!" Like, and then he starts and, he, and he's looking at me. Cause I see him cause I, I ran backstage just to make sure Hottie was okay because we didn't have the tra- uh, translator. Paul wasn't back there. Uh, or when he was, he was, he was on the side or something. So I just wanted to make sure that there was no issues with his, with his, um, with him understanding mm-hmm. what the next step was to, uh, the judging at that mm-hmm. point. I believe it was the night show. And so I see him turning around and getting upset at Andre and just grabbing him and saying, no, you need to be serious. And Andre's laughing because he's like, dude, look at this guy. He's crazy. And he's like, yeah, because he's a fanatic, right? Mm-hmm. Hottie's a fanatic. And so he turns around and he slaps him. What? Really? <laughs> yeah, not on hard. Stage? Not hard. On stage? Like, yeah, no, yeah, but it's behind stage. Oh, so nobody saw it except for me. Got it. And he slaps him. <laughs> And I'm, I'm looking at him, I'm like mortified, right? And I'm like, are you okay? And he's laughing so, but he's like, oh man, he's so serious. But it was like a brother, like yeah. brotherly, like, yeah. come on, yeah. get serious. Yeah. Go in there. I want you to fight. Yeah. And he, 
and he was trying to get him all amped up because you know Andre is just like yeah I'm just happy to be here it's great I'm just like I haven't enjoying this time and Heidi's like no kill them all <laughs> and he was like <laughs> uh, that'd be so great with the language barrier yeah yeah, yeah. well that was a problem yeah. he couldn't understand <laughs> so he was like trying to he's like trying to get him pissed off so he could uh-huh. go out there so he he's got no clue he's just like yeah yeah he's like yeah, having a great he's oh, like okay yeah. yeah what's going on this is great I'm I'm top five and. And he's like, no, you need to go. And he's talking, like, and I understand what he's yeah, saying. Yeah. And he's like, you need to tell him to get serious. He needs to go out there and he needs to, he needs to fight. And I'm just like, <laughs> you need to fight. And Andre's like, bro, it's good, bro. It's good. You <laughs> different, know, different mindset. Broski, broski. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just a different mindset because <laughs> he's so, he's so relaxed. Yeah, you know, Andre's yeah, just yeah. having a good time. And this guy, and this guy is so intense. Hottie is so intense. It was like trying to get him pumped up to do legs it was like that but they're backstage getting ready to go back out for their final uh, comparisons and give out the final trophies but it was oh. a nice show yeah i believe it was 2020 because that was when uh, andre plays fifth so yeah it's a little story of backstage. backstage yes yeah that's it that's it so yeah, a lot of good questions man yeah. a lot of good questions the one shameless plug i'm gonna pop in there because somebody did actually ask if there was a labor day sale going on this weekend oh yeah, labor day yes we always do a labor day yeah. sale yeah. some uh some sort so go and sign up for the email blast. Yeah. We're going to put that up. But uh, yeah, there is going to be a, a Labor Day sale. It's going to be great. And looking forward to the next podcast. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for sharing and being able to tag me. I repost as many of you as I can on Instagram. So again, co-host Austin, Hani Rambod, and that's the truth. <laughs>